everyone to I So Appreciate You, a raw, funny, and uniquely insightful podcast about the issues and opportunities we all face as values-based leaders and humans. I'm Nadej. And I'm Melanie. We're colleagues at the St. Paul and Minnesota Foundation, and we're friends. When we get together, our conversations can go anywhere, especially when bringing a friend or two along for the ride. So we're inviting you to join us and some incredible guests as we explore the challenges and triumphs of people shaking up our community for the better. Hey, Mel. Hey, how's it going? It's good. 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 Are you excited about today's episode? I am very excited. I'm super excited because we will have Andrea Yock, who is the board chair of Minnesota Aurora. And we're going to talk about soccer and sports. Excellent. Which is something I do every day. (laughs) She deadpans. That was good. Well, I, you know, I'd love to understand a little bit more about your interest in or not or disinterest or your relationship to sports. So I'm not like disinterested. Okay. Like, I mean, we just don't talk a lot about sports. No, because I I don't like, I'm not, you know, maybe actively um, a sporty person Mm -hmm. these days, but like, I mean, I, I played a lot of sports as a kid or certainly tried a lot of sports as a kid. Really? So, okay. What did you, what did you play when you were a kid and, and what do you still do today? (laughs) Well, those are going to be two different lists. Um, all right. So let's see if I can remember all of the things that I did. Um, so tennis, Ooh. that was fun. Yeah. Um, hockey, what? but pause yeah. before any of my siblings, if they should hear this, go what in the, yeah. um, only for like one little sessions of what was called mighty mites until <laughs> my father was like, wait a second, hockey, you're a girl. You should be in figure skating. Wow. Sorry, dad, I had to out you, but <laughs> so he moved me into figure skating, which I quit promptly after one session because I was already in dance class. And I thought, yes. why do I need to do that on ice, on ice too? Yeah. Like, I don't need to do it twice. I was pretty I pragmatic or something weird like that. Yeah. Um, horseback riding. What? Yep. I, there was a whole point where I was trying to lobby for my parents to buy me a horse. <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding. It still like happened today. Can you school? please get a horse? <laughs> um, let's see. Basketball. Mm-hmm. What position did you play? Um, I was uh, I was a center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I was the tallest girl in my middle school. Yeah. And I was, you know, stick thin and scrawny and useless. But, you know, they, <laughs> they put me in there anyway. And I figured it out. Yeah. Um, and then in high school, I mean, I played basketball a little bit in high school but in high school it was mostly running cross country and track I was a hurdler huh. you were a hurdler I'm oh, learning yeah. all wow yeah. yeah I was actually I wasn't fast but I had really good form technique and so like other coaches would ask my coach like how did you teach her the technique and she's like could you give her some of your speed <laughs> like I'll trade yeah. like your kid won the race mine looks good do you do any of those things today no <laughs> Like, are you kidding? Like, I barely like to run. Um, I don't do it unless I absolutely have to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot to say I did take golf lessons once. And, oh, And did yeah. kickboxing yeah. for a while. Um, no, now, like, you know, just try to work out and right. do stuff. But, like, don't actively engage in a sport. Like, Joshua and I have talked about maybe taking tennis up. I think that would be... How about pickleball? Have you tried that yet? It's a, all the rage. Yeah. <laughs> That might be the reason I don't want to do it. Yes. I don't know. Like uh, just out of stubbornness. Yes. 
Okay, I just went down like my sports history, which I just learned a lot. So I have to like process this. Um, you as a hockey player, especially, I, I was little, like yeah. it was mighty mites, like still. you could barely skate. Still, that's like, that's, I, that's a thing. <laughs> um, so when I was growing up, and again, I'm from a small town, so everyone does everything, sort of, yeah. you know. Um, but I played basketball all through high school. Okay, um, and I loved basketball, and I wanted to be really good, and well. Emily and I have this, Emily, my wife and I have this debate because I'm like, I was an athlete and she's like, you were not. (laughs) Yes, I was. I was really, really good. Um, But I I wish I would have been a little bit better in basketball. But I mean, I'm started and and such. But like better how? Like like you could have played in college or something? Yeah, like like I would have been like, I would have been like that standout player because when I was a little kid, I had like, I was just eyes wide open with these amazing women in basketball. So I, I practiced outside in the winter until my gloves had holes in the fingertips, you know, like that was my thing. Um, I was seen from a rural movie. Like practicing outside. No. (laughs) Yes. Back. Yes, exactly. Um, with my boom box, all of it. (laughs) Yes. Um, I was in track. I really did not enjoy running, even though later in life I was like, Oh, I get it now. You don't have to be tortured the whole time, but I hated it. So I switched from running to being a shot put thrower and Ah. I threw javelin and discus. And then what else? That's really, we didn't have a lot of girls sports back then. Now they have volleyball, which is great. I would have loved to have played football. So I played football with the boys on the playground all through elementary school. And it was really fun and it's where my love of football I think came from because ah, I love football today yeah. but it was also really I don't know it was hard because I was often the only girl right and I was scarred one time in third grade where we got into a scuffle the football players yeah so all of the football players had to stand for recess and I was the only girl and I felt so called out and embarrassed by it so like all that early gender right. like what you should do and shouldn't do sort of stuff that I'm still working through but yeah and so I'm curious if you watch any sports not actively. Like yeah. I went through phases. Um, I was a big um, basketball fan when I was a kid. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls basically yes. watched all of you know the championships. Yeah. Um, I I like got into football like a, a little bit because of the Dallas Cowboys and watching a documentary on Emmett Smith. So there was like two seasons where I was like super into the Cowboys yeah. for like whatever reason because whatever. Yes. Um, but no, I don't. I don't actively like watch sports. Like if if and when I get invited mm-hmm. to go to games, I have a nice time. Yes, but it's not when I think about you know the the hours in my day. It it isn't where yeah, it's not where you prioritize. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But you know maybe maybe it should like maybe I got to bring some of these like I got to go back through my kids sports list and figure out if I should start doing some of them again. Yeah, I think you and Joshua should come over on Sunday for a football game. All right. I think we should just watch the Vikings. You can see what happens at our place, which is, oh gosh, there's a lot, a lot of activity that happens. <laughs> a lot of energy, but um, we definitely enjoy it. All right. Well, I think with that, should we get into this? Oh yeah. It's someone who really knows sports. I know, like super sports and soccer. And soccer. Like one that I think neither of us is a particular like mm-hmm. diehard expert. So yes. we're about to learn a bunch, right? I can't wait. you for tuning in today. If you have not yet had a chance to listen to past episodes of I So Appreciate You, 
visit spmcf.org slash podcast to catch up. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you are listening to us right now. Welcome back, everyone. We are here today with Andrea Yock. Andrea, how are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. It's so great to be here. So great to have you. Before we jump into a, I know it's going to be a lively discussion, we just want to let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and why we're talking to you. So um, to start off, you're the founder and current chair of the board of the Aurora soccer team. Yes. And um, it's the first, and correct me if I get any of these details wrong, because there's so many firsts here. First women-led, independent, and community-owned women's soccer team in the country. That is correct. That's right. You also, I was very excited to learn this about you, have deep experience in marketing and in sports and were previously very instrumental as the vice president of business development at the Minnesota United. I'm sure many people are familiar with our um, soccer team there. and On um, the men's side. Men's side, yes. And we're part of that um, team's move to become a major league soccer expansion franchise. Correct. correct? Yes. Two other little fun tidbits that I learned about you. You were Boston College's College Heights first female sports editor. I was way back in the day before women were doing sports. Yes, right. Yes. And then we're also just a trailblazer in general in journalism as I have looked up your career. And lastly, I know you grew up in Baltimore. Is that right? I am a proud Baltimore Native. Yes, and your parent, your father wasn't. Your parents were immigrants, and your father introduced you to sports in in ways that was the way you. Right. Connected. Yeah, we did that together. He was trying to assimilate to America and kind of understanding what everybody talked about on Monday mornings. Yes, and sports <laughs> was the way to do that. That's great. Great. Well, very happy to have you here. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Well, before we dive into the meat of the interview, we have something we like to do with um, all of our guests. We call it three quick questions. Um, So I'm going to just jump right in. Pancakes or waffles? Waffles, because it holds the syrup and the butter in the squares. (laughs) (laughs) See, I agree with that. And also the little bit of crunch for me on the waffles is key. Mel? Gosh, I I know what you're saying about the waffles, but the pancake soaks up that butter and syrup in a particular way that I enjoy, but I could go with either, Fair especially enough. this time of year. Fair enough. All right. Bowling or mini golf? Oh, mini golf. Oh, that was but, without But hesitation. a good mini golf course. Not one of the lame ones where they don't put any effort into <laughs> the yeah. obstacles. Like Can Can Wonderland. That yeah. is the perfect oh, yeah. that's mini a, golf. Yep, that's a really good one. Um, all right. Last one. Bonfire outside or fireplace inside? Fireplace inside, because as we just discussed, I am a city girl (laughs) (laughs) through and through. Like I grew up in Baltimore in the city. I had not seen a bonfire until I came to Minnesota. (laughs) I think that's a pull quote for this podcast. Yes, Indeed. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, Andrea, we're going to jump in at the origin story of the Aurora because I just think it's really fascinating, especially having attended a game myself for the first time this last year, seeing the thousands of excited fans it was amazing. And then knowing, um, and I'd love for you to tell the story that what I understand is you were in a park with a handful of other women during the pandemic after maybe a low point in your career. And this idea was born from that. So could you kind of take us through the, the beginnings of this amazing sports team? Absolutely. And um, just to be completely accurate, it yes, was, make us accurate. it was not my idea. Um, there were two men mm-hmm. who ha- had the idea, men that I had known when I was at Minnesota United. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. And I got a message on Twitter from one of them, Matt Provatsky, saying, hey, we're going to have this meeting about maybe starting a women's soccer team. Would you be interested in attending? 
It was during COVID. I am a sports and entertainment marketer. Mm -hmm. There was no sports and entertainment happening right. because my job is to gather <laughs>、right. large groups of people together. <laughs> yes. Basically the opposite of basically、COVID. the opposite of what we were being told、yeah. to do. So I, was like, I will go to any meeting for any reason at any time. So I said, <laughs> yes, but then especially around sports and、yeah. women's sports. So I said, yes. I said to my husband, do you want to go? He's like, sure. He wasn't doing anything either. So we met at a park outside a brewery. There were about 25 people at that first meeting. Do you love how I've revised the story to be all women? Yeah, I do. With the lens that I've just brought to this. And it's important. I was, it's, I get asked a lot about the all women, the men. It's, we, I have had a lot of support from men throughout my whole Mm -hmm. career. And Aurora was built by a combination. Our leadership is all female. But we wouldn't be here without the men as well. So we met at that park. Out of that, a group of five people emerged as being very committed to this idea of bringing a women's soccer team to town.、Mm-hmm. And the basis of it was everybody was sort of sitting around waiting for a really rich person to start a team.、Yep. And the idea was why are we waiting? Maybe we, as normal people, can figure out how to do this. Why not give it a try? And so from there, we started having more regular meetings and figured out we had to find some funding. And so,、um, Wes Perdine, who owns the Blackheart in St. Paul and is one of our founders and board members, and he's very, very committed to equality and uplifting all communities,、mm-hmm. he said, Well, I've seen these men's teams do a community ownership campaign where they sell shares. Maybe we can do that. So then we proceeded down that road. And our initial goal when we decided to sell shares in the team, and we were Minnesota women's soccer, we didn't have a name,、mm-hmm. was if we could raise $300,000, we would be happy. That would be enough to get us up and running, maybe hire a few part time people, see what happens.、Right. We raised a million dollars. We sold out all of our shares before、wow. the deadline was over. So we had a, it's a 90 day campaign, are the rules.、Mm-hmm. Yep. We sold out all of our shares. We raised a million dollars. We had 3,080 owners of our soccer team、wow. from、yeah. 48 states and eight countries.、Wow. So our story spread、yeah. worldwide. And next thing we knew, we had a team or we had the money, and now、mm-hmm. we had to create a team. And that all happened within six months. Wow. That <laughs> is that, fast. That is fast. Yes.、Um, <laughs> So, I'm going to pull you back a little bit because you said from that 25 people, there were five people, and I'm going to assume that you were one of the five. Yes, yeah, <laughs> one of the five. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to revise that, that <laughs>、yeah. bit of history, but、um, I'd just love to know why was it important to you that Minnesota have a women's soccer team? Well, for me personally, I had worked in men's sports my whole career. And in 2019, I had the first opportunity to work with women. I worked on a tournament called the Women's International Champions Cup. And unfortunately, it did not survive COVID. But it was a tournament that brought four top women's teams from around the world together to play each other、mm-hmm. over a long few days. Best women's soccer players in the world were standing right in front of me. They had just come off the World Cup, and, and you're standing right there looking at this magnificence of hitting all of your career peaks, right? You've won the World Cup. You're the best professionally. In the case of one of the players that I admire most, Jessica McDonald, she was also a mother,、mm. right? And I'm like, how are you? They're doing all these things. And I had a shift where I realized these women are so much more powerful, really, because of all of the other things they're up against. They're, they're in terrible playing conditions. They're 
changing in porta potties. A lot of times they're in places that don't have locker rooms. And so when we got together with this idea, it was let's level the playing field. Let's create a space for women to continue their careers on and off the field in a safe environment where they can get the skills necessary to go into sports. And it was something that I never had growing up. I, di I didn't have female role models. I have worked for one female in my entire career in the sports wow. industry. And that was way back when in the um, 1992 Super Bowl, Marilyn Carlson Nelson, who I think everybody adores in Minnesota. She was the head of that Super Bowl yeah. committee. That's the only female I have ever worked for. And wow. I'm not young. Wow. And so that was part of what was motivating me personally. You you mentioned creating a safe space and I noticed and heard even before I went to the game that it's a kind of a unique sporting experience by design. It is a safe place for people who maybe have not always felt welcomed at sporting events to come and, and be themselves. I'll speak specifically to my experience being a queer woman, seeing rainbow flags. It was just, it was a really fun place to be and seeing all the, the little kids that were um, taking in a very diverse crowd. So could you explain a little bit about how you designed the safe space for the spectators of the sport? Right. So part of the what's unique about this team, besides being community owned, is that we founded it based on our values first. Mm. Soccer mm -hmm. is absolutely a really important product, but it is not the whole thing. That's What's great. really important for us is to have a space where everybody feel not only feels welcome, but is actually welcome. And for me and the other founders and the board members, when we're walking around the concourse mm -hmm. and I see same sex holding hands, right? Uh, we have a lot of transgender fans and they feel comfortable and happy enough to have spent their money at our games yeah. to be themselves at our games, right? So yeah. not two women walking along, not holding hands, even mm -hmm. though they're married because they don't feel like they can. To me, that means we've done, we've, we've created this space that clearly there's a demand for, mm -hmm. right? There's clearly not enough spaces. It, this is a very, very crowded market. There's a lot of sports, a lot of entertainment, a lot of theater and concerts and everything right. else. And yet we have figured out how to welcome in a community that obviously wasn't feeling welcome other mm -hmm. spaces. And that doesn't mean we don't want everybody else, but we definitely have catered to creating a space for people that maybe don't feel like they can go and be themselves at the yeah. other sports. And that's been really important to us. And so in all of our hiring decisions mm -hmm. in how we display not just our pride flags, but we had a Black Lives Matter game. Mm -hmm. All of those things we're doing very intentionally and deliberately to continue to live our values every day. That's great. I mean, there is um, such alignment, I think, in some of the values that Aurora has with some of the values the foundation has. Mm -hmm. I was, um, you know, really thinking about how our approach to equity, we talk about dismantling the hierarchy of human value. And that word dismantling is not a small word. And then when I looked at Aurora's <laughs> values, it's dismantle, yep. the dismantling of racism, misogyny, and bigotry of all kinds, like full stop, mm -hmm. done, we're going to get rid of it. Yep. And like, tell me how 
it was, you know, how you got to establishing like that ethos so clearly in what Aurora does at the outset, because there are companies who are still struggling yes. with the very concept of diversity. Yes. And yes. y'all are dismantling. <laughs> We're ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you know anything about sports, and I don't know how it is in the foundation world, but there's a very long tradition in sports of hiring your son, your nephew, your yes. grandson, and without naming names, I can give examples across the Twin Cities of women whose positions have been moved because the grandson wants to go into that position. Um, underqualified people who get jobs because they're related. Mm-hmm. Part of what we are trying to dismantle is everyone has to apply for a job the exact same way. And yeah, sure, your neighbor's son is applying for a job. Great. We will note that Mm-hmm. When they have gone through the proper application process as mm-hmm. I know this young man, I've known him since he was 12. He's reliable, trustworthy, pleasant. The same way any other job reference would come in. Right. As opposed to, oh, my neighbor's son wants to come work for Aurora. We better give them a job. Mm-hmm. And it's that that simple concept that everyone must apply equally. Everybody must be, we're not skipping any steps. It is more work yeah, for sure. Especially for some of the things we try to do with like three days notice, it is easier easier to call, you know, the neighbor's son and say, Hey, can you come haul boxes? But we've fought really hard to stick to the system of even in hiring, it is equal. And by that, we hopefully will dismantle some of the, sports things that have kept women and people of color out of the game is because, you know, our dads aren't all out on the golf course. Yeah. Yeah. No, mine wasn't. No. Yeah. Mine certainly wasn't. Mine was an attractor. (laughs) Mine was an engineer behind behind the screen. So no, no he probably doesn't want to come out and talk to anybody anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We've talked to a lot of entrepreneurs on this podcast and I'm in looking at your career history and really working with a group of people and having a lot of support, but you were instrumental in taking something from just like an idea to this, this thing that it is today. Can you talk for other people who might be involved in the early stages of anything, talk a little bit about your process, your personal career process to bring this thing to life? Well, with Aurora specifically, when the five of us sort of emerged as being committed, we looked around at each other and figured out what skills were missing Ah, from the group. So having sort of an honest conversation about, well, I'm good at this and you're good at that and you're good at that, but we need a lawyer. Mm -hmm. We need somebody who's good at finances. That's a really important thing is to sort of have that honest look of who do you have around you to make you successful. And so we went out and recruited a few more people to be a part of that founding group. So there's actually nine founders because we had shortcomings. And so I think part of it is whether it's personal or you're starting off professionally. And my father-in-law is an entrepreneur and I've seen him do this over the years is figuring out what are your weaknesses and then how do you go find those people who aren't necessarily like-minded? They don't have to be like, you don't want a yes person around you. You want people who are seeing things from different views. So on our group, we have former soccer players. Then we have people like me who have never played soccer, but have worked in the sports business. We have community members and we all pushed each other 
to be like, well, that's not how I'm seeing it. And I think this is more important than that. And it's painful and it can be. And luckily we're all still talking to each other. and We're all still friends. But I think that was part of it is identifying your strengths, your weaknesses, and where do you need help right. to help have a full, you know, and we're, we're certainly not perfect, but at least we feel like we had the right people at the table to get us to where we needed to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And I love, I mean, just their strength in identifying your weakness is the nugget mm-hmm. I'm Absolutely. taking from that. And oftentimes we try not to look at that and examine it. So I appreciate your insight. So Aurora is, I mean, really, f- you know, for community and by community. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes when people say, oh, we're community based or focused, it's like they do one thing and they try to use that as the broad brush to paint their community involvement. But I mean, you all were community from the very beginning. I mean, as much as like the name, the logo, like the essence of yeah, it was what on our first scarf, <laughs> it was a Minnesota women's soccer. Yeah. Right. And you know, the, what is that saying? I'm, I'm going to get it wrong. You know, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, you know, take community with you. Um, can you talk a little bit about like the, the wins, so to speak of being that community base and some of the things that are made harder, but worth doing? Yeah, so I think I, we have one of our um, one of our clients who I love is a minority business owner in the Twin Cities, and he talks about this being one of the greatest grassroots campaigns he's ever seen. In a lot of ways, it is that we have three thousand and eighty people that will talk about us nonstop. Right? <laughs> if you have if you have bought shares in something, yes, you are very committed to that something. And during the course of the community owner campaign, we would see people on on Twitter X, whatever Twitter at the time, saying, "I just have to wait till I get my paycheck on Friday to buy my Aurora shares." Now the minimum investment was a hundred dollars. Right. So when you're reading that as someone who has created the team, realizing that that hundred dollars. They have to wait to be able to spend it on Friday. And then they're choosing to trust us. People they don't know with a made up idea in a park, that responsibility sits very, very heavy with you. It it sits with you and you're hiring when you're bringing in partners, making sure everybody is value aligned. But then the flip side is we also run into those people everywhere. So the founders of the team and the current board, we all live here. Right. right. We're not hiding in mansions anywhere. Most of us are St. Paul residents. I can run into a community owner at Cub. And if they're not happy, they're going to let us know. So it's much easier to keep everybody happy, Yeah, run into them and then have them want to talk about the team because they're very excited or they're sad because we lost. Right. It's sports. You are going to win and lose on the field. But if we're winning off the field, if we're doing the things we promised our community, we are going to do then we've won. And that's the for community by community is this is for all of us. It's not just for this little group that founded the team. It's for everybody. And the more everybody feels like they're a part of that, the more successful we will continue to be. Because what happens is then you bring your neighbors. You you came to a game last year, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. You had a good time. Right. You've been yeah. talking about it. You're going to bring more people next year. She's right. going to bring me next year. I haven't uh, been yet. Right. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah, it's okay. But that's what's happening. It's this, this very true word of mouth marketing, which is an incredibly powerful thing. And if we can live up to the promise of she had a great time at the game, now she's going to bring you to the game. Hopefully you have a great time at the game. You're going to go tell more people like, do you know about this thing? You need to come. 
there's nothing more powerful. That is just, it's so great. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, as you describe it, because like I've said, I've not yet been, I mean, it, it feels so much more than like a soccer game. And I, and I say that not to disparage the sport, but there are some people who might otherwise just be like, I'm not into sports. Yeah. Right. But you are describing an experience that is is not just sports. It's truly community. Well, and the way I grew up experiencing sports with my father, I, I didn't have any idea what was happening on the field. We'd, we'd never <laughs> watched, right? We, we, weren't, we didn't yeah. have generations worth of people telling us right. what was happening. Yeah. But I grew up in a time in Baltimore where the Orioles were really good. And the way it lifted up the city, and, and one of my favorite things that I've talked about before is we were in game six of the World Series. I was 13. I lost my voice because my dad and I had been lucky enough to go to a lot of the games. I, I had nothing left. There was nothing coming out of my mouth. The man next to me was like six, eight. He was a trucker. And we had kind of gotten to be high-fiving buddies mm -hmm. during the game. <laughs> my voice was gone. He taught me how to whistle. So this man spent four innings teaching me how to whistle so that by the sixth inning, I, I've got a great four finger whistle. I still use it to this day because I'd lost my voice and right. He, right. We became best friends in that moment. That is to me, that's the beauty of sports. It's a little bit, um, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. What everybody was writing about during the Taylor Swift concerts is not the music. Right. It's mm. the environment. It's the joy. I think the New York Times wrote a big article like, if we could live in this Taylor Swift world all the time, things would be better. <laughs> but the experience of being in that Taylor Swift bubble yeah. is is similar to Aurora. It's, mm. it's a party, but it's not an obnoxious party. Right. People are happy. They're relaxed. They're fun. Yes, there is soccer happening. Yep. But... We also have Giardelli chocolates up on the concourse and you can make s'mores yeah. and never watch soccer. And that's fine. You're talking about the, well, you were in a moment in time where you had this great team where you're watching. And for those people who you've now piqued their interest about the sports team, can you just talk a little bit about how the team is doing? Because aren't you? Yeah, we're like, really good. We're really good. <laughs> we're really yeah, okay. good. Tell yeah. us that. Get, yes, go ahead. Yeah. So, yeah, a so the, the piece we, we couldn't plan for well, a lot of things we couldn't plan for, but the piece we truly couldn't plan for was, are we going to be any good at soccer, yeah. right? We have the whole market hyped up. We've <laughs> sold hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise mm -hmm. at, say, Minnesota Aurora before we even played a minute of soccer. We hired this amazing young woman, Nicole Lukic, to be our head coach. We come out. We tie our first game. It's at home. Okay. A little mm -hmm. disappointing, but our players were quite shocked to come out into a stadium with 6,000 people yeah. in it. You know, the most they'd ever played in front of was maybe 300. Yeah. Bright lights, loud music. So we learned some lessons from maybe preparing them a little bit better. And then we won the whole way through the regular season. We never lost a game. We wow. made it our first season. We made it all the way to the championship game, which we hosted out at Twin Cities Orthopedic mm -hmm. Stadium. And we lost in the 118th minute, which is the biggest oh. heartbreak I've ever had in my life. So season two comes around. The expectations are really, really high. Yeah. We go undefeated again. And this time, not just 
undefeated. We were winning games by six goals, eight goals, 10 goals, which is unheard of in soccer. Right. I was like, I'm not a huge soccer fan. And I know that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. crazy. What turned out to be the problem is that when you're winning by 10 goals, your competition maybe isn't quite up to snuff. So then we got to the playoffs. We won our first game and then we lost in the quarterfinals in our second year. So we have only ever lost two games so far in two seasons. That's bananas. Both were in the playoffs. We're undefeated in the regular season. And so, yeah, Nicole is a genius. We will see her doing great things, uh, continue to do great things in her future. And we're just really lucky to have her. And, and the other thing that's really cool is these young women are amazing. They're not just amazing soccer players. They are also amazing members of our community. They also uphold our values. Mm -hmm. And so Nicole put together a group of women who align with Aurora and are really great soccer players. And it's works. I can't wait for our game. I can't wait to be. I can't May wait to be up so there far away making s'mores and <laughs> cheering. Melanie's already got the. Maybe it's a podcast live episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah we can absolutely. Do that. That'd be fun. Do a little pregame <laughs> thing. <Nope>. Exactly. <sighs> We're doing that. <laughs> Great. I've just committed us to more work. Sorry, yeah. y'all. Uh, <laughs> Everybody's welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, so I want to just you know pivot to you maybe just a little bit bef before we wrap wrap up because, you know, as Melanie sort of talked about, like you've, you know, broken barriers in your career. Um, and like, this is a new thing, right? Like the whole <laughs> starting a, a soccer um, club and you're doing it at a time where I think in a lot of women's careers, like we're starting to feel like, how do we show up in the space? Or are we getting the attention that we deserve? Um, or feeling like, can I do a new thing this deep into my career? Can you just like talk about like, can you talk about sort of the bravery or like how you just sort of found yourself like, I'm going to do a new thing and it doesn't matter when it mm -hmm. is, I'm doing it now. Yeah. So I'll tell you, so the, it's funny. The day we went to this meeting in the park and we got done with the meeting and we got in the car and my husband who is, who's literally put up with this nonsense since we met <laughs> when I was 19, he said, you're going to do this, aren't you? And I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He's like, okay, like whatever you need, we're going to do this. And so part of it starts with the support of your family. Yep. Uh, both of my boys are community owners. They bought shares separately because they didn't want to share a vote. So <laughs> they, uh, my, they were both in college at the time and scraped together their hundred dollars. Their friends are all community owners. So you, you can't do it without your immediate community, first of all. But I think part of it is I had some unfinished business. Um, I had been let go from Minnesota United and I felt like, and so I never got to see the team. I wasn't with the team when it went pro. I was with the team when it was minor, or not went pro, but when it went to major league soccer. So part of what was I didn't get to finish what I had wanted. And also the opportunity was there. We had just come off a time where NCAA athletes, the, the female athletes were starting to show us the disparity between what they were getting and right. what the men were going. The WNBA athletes were in the wobble eating off of plastic plates and plastic forks while the men in the NBA were having steak with steak knives off of real China. All of those things had happened in the few months before Aurora was created and suddenly I was at this place of looking back on my career and thinking I've been in the men's space this whole time without really stopping and wondering why why didn't I ever get the top jobs why haven't I ever been in charge why have I always been so close but not quite there and realizing 
I have every bit of ability to do this as the men do. And I want to do it. Right. Part, part of it is the desire. Yeah. I want to do this. My kids were out of the house. We were empty nesters. And I, f- I felt like I had another career, I guess. I don't know if it's another career, right. but I had another effort in me before I was done. So while I am the oldest member of the organization, I'm not close to the rocking chair. I may not <laughs> at all. Right. No. And I may never get to the rocking chair, um, according to my husband. But I think that was part of it is I had more to give and a little bit of it. What is the point of having lived in a community your entire adult life, having done all of those things, if you don't get to pull them all together into a neat, I love that. tidy bow. And Aurora has so much been a culmination of every relationship I've had, every job I've had, all the experiences coming together to allow us to get this team, you know, to be a real living, breathing thing. Plus I just have a lot of energy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Right. I can tell just from that response. It's clear. I just, I I kind of want to bookmark this for myself and just listeners because it is just so cool. And again, back to where we started with this conversation for me to be in that stadium with thousands of roaring fans and having, and, and just knowing now that this was, you were at a low point and you came together with these people and you came out like a lion. I mean, just like, yeah. I'm, I'm not done. I, d- I don't tend to do things halfway, yes. but once the, the real impetus was once we started telling people like, shh, secret, like, yeah. Hey, we're thinking about doing this thing. Yeah. The reaction across the board, I, I work in marketing, so I have a lot yeah. of friends in the media. Yeah. And so as, as I was prepping the media for this secret announcement, <laughs> the reaction from my friends in the media was, how can I help? Yeah. Not, are you crazy? Yes. Right. What are you thinking? It was, how can I help? What can I do? Mm-hmm. Let me know where I sign up. And so when you when you get that excited response from really respected right. local media people, you know, Don Mitchell over at Channel 9, yeah. um, Chris Hockey, who's a good friend of mine at KFAN, he's a community owner, Jason DeRussia at CCO Radio. When across the board, they're all ready to jump in, then you get more energy from that too, right? right. You're, you're ready to go. Right. And so that's that's really where it just kept feeding us like, oh, this is going. And then we would hit our next mark, like the community ownership campaign and raise a million dollars. Then we put our tickets on sale. And instead of having 3000 people in the stadium, which is what we thought the Vikings called and said, you have to open up the whole stadium. We can sell out the whole stadium. (laughs) And we're like, what do you mean the whole stadium? And they're like, no, the whole stadium. And so then you've sold 6,000 tickets and then people are standing in line for your merchandise it just keeps feeding you and it's a it's a wonderful beautiful thing wow <laughs> i'm inspired yeah so sort of, like i feel like i got to go do something else right <laughs> yes. you guys do great work <laughs> <laughs> well you know this conversation has been I mean, a pure joy. Like it's just been the energy in this room. I hope listeners, you can feel it because Mm -hmm. like I can feel it, but I would like to ask you specifically just to kind of wind down our conversation. What brings you joy? Talking about Aurora brings me joy. (laughs) Like I was a little tired when I got in here, but yeah. Um, I love sports and events. I love, I'm an extrovert 
pure, like talking to you guys is giving me more energy. Um, I love sports and events. I got to go to the Vikings game on Sunday with my son. It was so much fun. That was a good one. Yeah. So I, I'm not super deep. I I like great music. I like being gathered together. I like my teams winning and high-fiving everybody. And, (laughs) um, so I get a lot of joy from that and I'm lucky to be at a place in my life where I get to do a lot of it the success of Aurora is there's nothing like walking into the stadium and seeing all those people. And the first night we opened when everybody was coming in, a few of us founders were sitting on the stairs and we were just crying. We were just, we were holding hands. There's a picture of us sitting on the stairs, holding each other's hands, just beyond belief that we invited everybody to this party about this crazy idea. And not only did they show up, but everybody brought presents and that was, it's still just incredible to talk about. It's, it's a, it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of and we can't wait for the future. Wow. That is a beautiful image to end on. And um, Andrea, we really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us and we'll see you at the game. Yeah. The schedule should be out in February. Great. Wow. That last image of those people sitting on the step, realizing their, I mean, idea. It's just a really powerful one. I'm I'm moved by it. What are you feeling at this hour? No, same. I mean, there was just so much energy in how she talked about the right. the work and the team and what they do. And like so little of it was about soccer, even though we were mm-hmm. talking about soccer the entire time. Like, I, I don't know if that makes any sense with oh. the words coming out of my mouth, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, completely. I, I, you know, I wrote down, she she made some reference to, you know, soccer is sort of a product of their values-based approach. Like they wanted to create this energy. It's almost like energy. Yeah. That's what I'm taking away from it. So yeah, I think, I think we should, if I'm going to boil down what I'm personally going to take away from it, it's how do I both appreciate the energy that's put into things that I might not be, I am interested in soccer. It's new to me. It's not, it's not a sport that I followed my whole life. Um, but really being able to enjoy things that might not be my first interest, but the expression of creativity is really cool. Yeah. No, I, for me, it's really around the, the, community and the, the welcome. Yes. It's not just that you're saying everybody is welcome, is that they actually are welcome. Yes. And so I look forward to, you know, receiving that welcome. Next Absolutely. Season. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You. You can find us on Facebook at I So Appreciate You Podcast and on Twitter and Instagram at So Appreciate You. We'd also appreciate you taking a moment to write us a review. And if you like our show, be sure to follow I So Appreciate You on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to us right now. Have a question or topic suggestion? Email us at podcast at spmcf.org. Thank you for listening to I So Appreciate You.